Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. The New Testament reveals the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, the first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, and each one is unique in its focus and what it unveils regarding our wonderful Lord Jesus. But the New Testament also reveals the Gospel through the writings of the Apostle Paul, and it's this fifth Gospel that we come to today, particularly in the book of Galatians. Today brings us to our second program in the Life Study of Galatians, and joining us today as we explore the primary elements of the fifth Gospels, Dick Taylor. Dick, it's good to have you here with us as we're now getting into the book of Galatians. Thanks very much, Chris. It's really good to be here with you, enjoying this fifth and most wonderful Gospel. Dick, let's talk about the different Gospels in the New Testament. And though we're going to include the gospel as brought forth by Paul in his various epistles in our program today, for now, let's just consider the four actual New Testament books known as the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think a lot of people wonder, why are there four different gospels? They all tell essentially the same basic story. So why do we need four different versions, so to speak? We need four different versions, so to speak, because Christ is such a wonderful person. And the four gospels are just unveiling this most wonderful person from the angle of his being a king, the angle of his being a servant or a slave, from the angle of his being the most precious man ever revealed in the universe, and also being the Son of God who gives us himself as the eternal life. I'm kind of reminded, Chris, of uh, the end of Luke after the Lord's resurrected, and he's talking to the disciples, and they're still kind of wondering who he is. But he opens to them all the things in the Scriptures concerning himself, and they had uh, some heavenly heartburn. That means their heart was on fire because they were enjoying the fact that the whole Old Testament just unveiled this wonderful Christ. Now we have the four Gospels to unveil this wonderful Christ further from four different precious angles. The Gospel of Matthew is a gospel emphasizing the kingdom and Christ as the king within the kingdom, wanting to dispense himself as life and everything into us to make us part of the kingdom and to bring us into the kingdom. Then in the book of Mark, Christ is unveiled as the slave, the one who serves God. It says he didn't come to be served but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom. And he just wants to serve God, carry out God's desire, and actually serve God into man. 
Then in the book of Luke, you see Christ as the Son of Man with the uplifted, precious humanity. And it's this one who died to accomplish a redemption so that all of us could be forgiven and we can enter into an uplifted, proper humanity so that we could be Jesusly human. Then in the book of John, he's unveiled as the Son of God who is the eternal life. And he not only died for redemption, but he died to release his divine life so that this life could be imparted into us to make us the many children of God and the sons of God, enjoying him as the unique, divine, eternal life. So it's just like I take a photo of you from this angle, from that angle, that angle, that angle. But Christ is so wonderful, you have to have all four views, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But yet, in this broadcast, we come to the fifth gospel, indicating you cannot exhaust the angles of this person, and the fifth is perhaps even the most precious. Well, Dick, it's this fifth gospel that we've really come to as we look at the Apostle Paul's writings, and in Galatians particularly. Let me just read a couple of verses out of chapter 1 that I think set this up very well before we join Witness Lee. This is verses 15 and 16. It says, but when it pleased God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might announce him as the gospel among the Gentiles. This is the fifth gospel, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee and then you and I will return to fellowship about it. In the New Testament, the first four books are different aspects of the uh, gospel. You have one book, Matthew, that reveals an aspect of the gospel. Then you have Mark, another aspect. Then you have Luke, another aspect. Then you have John, another aspect. In Acts, you may pick up some verses that confirm that the gospel is the gospel of forgiveness of sin. In Acts, you may have some verse that confirms the gospel is the gospel of life. After the Acts, from Romans to Hebrew, all these epistles written by the Apostle Paul do give us a particular aspect of the gospel. The fifth gospel in the New Testament is composed with more than ten epistles. This could be considered the gospel according to Saul. Paul's ministry is a completing ministry. He completes the word of God. Without Paul's gospel, without the fifth gospel in New Testament, the gospel is not completed. Which of those four tells us that Christ in us the hope of glory. And which of those Gospels tells us it pleased God to reveal His Son in me? Which one tells us that until Christ be formed in you? Which one tells us that Christ may make His home in you? that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. Which of the four Gospels tells us that we all are members of the body of Christ? 
You go to Peter. Brother Peter, the church is the body of Christ. Peter would say, from whom you heard this? Uh-huh. Who told you this? I watched with the Lord Jesus for three and a half years. I never heard this. I never heard the body of Christ. I heard to bear the cross. I heard a little bit to feed my lamb. So I wrote an epistle telling all the elders to shepherd God's flock. Paul's ministry is the completing ministry that has completed the divine revelation. Suppose you take away all the epistles written by the Apostle Paul. Oh, nearly the whole divine revelation is finished. It is not only the completion of the divine revelation, it is also the very heart of the divine revelation. Well, Dick, we're now considering the Apostle Paul's writings collectively as the fifth gospel. Paul has this very striking word that we heard Witness Lee quote in Colossians 1.25, where he says that he became a minister according to the stewardship of God to complete the word of God. What does this mean, Dick, that Paul's ministry was to complete the word of God? This means that the revelation of God needed a capstone. The revelation of God needed a kind of completion. We have a wonderful revelation of Christ in the four Gospels. But there needs to be some completing to it because Christ, after his crucifixion, his resurrection and ascension, is now living in his believers. Paul's writings are considered as the fifth Gospel. This fifth Gospel is the completion of the divine revelation showing us things that are not revealed in those first four Gospels. For example, there are a number of verses that we could refer to in Paul's writings that make this clear. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where is this spoken even once in the first four Gospels? Even to hear the phrase, Christ is our life, in Colossians 3.4. This is too precious. None of the Gospels make it clear that Christ is our life and that Christ in us is the hope of glory. So he's our life now and our glory in the future. In Ephesians 1, 13, 14, you see him as the sealing spirit and you see him as the pledging spirit. He's inside of us, saturating us with God himself so that we could be possessed by God. He's also allowing us to possess him so that he also could become our possession. We can taste him and we can enjoy him as the pledge. Then you have a, a verse like you referred to, Chris, Galatians 1, 15 and 16. Where in the four Gospels does it say, Christ revealed in me? Then in Galatians 2, 20, it says, Christ living in me. So Galatians 1 says, Christ is revealed in me. Galatians 2 says, Christ is living in me. Then Galatians 4 says, Christ is being formed in me. So these three phrases, you never see these in the first four Gospels. We need this fifth Gospel, that is Paul's writing as the completion of the divine revelation, so that God's economy can be made clear in a full way. 
Aren't you glad for the fifth gospel, Chris? I really am, Dick. Sequentially or chronologically, Paul's writings were not the last words written. I think that surely was the Apostle John that wrote the very final words. But it was Paul's writing that completed the Word of God in the sense that you've been describing. We really need his word, his writings, to give us the full and complete picture, don't we? We do. His writings bring us to God's heart's desire and its completion. And also, his writings unveil him as the wonderful, life-giving Spirit. Nobody but Paul said the Lord is the Spirit, and the last Adam became a life-giving Spirit so that he could enter into us, be experienced by us, and complete God's heart's desire to build the body of Christ consummating in the new Jerusalem. There's a lot here, Dick. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. The gospel of Paul is not only the gospel of completion, but also Paul's gospel is the one that is the very heart of God's divine revelation. There are too many items of this gospel, but the main thing is this, that the Son of God, being God's anointed one, has entered into our being to be our life today and to be our glory in the future and make us members of his body. And this body is the fullness of the one that fills all in all. And this body is the new man. And this body is the household of God. And this body even is the house of God. And this body is the household of the faith. And this body is the real Israel of God. In Paul's gospel, all the mysterious items have been covered. Christ is the mystery of God. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. Paul revealed to us the focus, the center of the gospel is God himself in his trinity to be the very all-inclusive spirit as our life and as our everything for our enjoyment that he and we and that we and he all may become one to express him for eternity. It is in this book, Galatians, that says it pleased God to reveal his son in me. Then chapter 2, Christ lives in me. What gospel is this? Then he says, until Christ be firm in you. What a wonderful word. Dick, we saw earlier today that we need all four of the Gospels in the New Testament, plus the Gospel is brought forth by Paul, in order to see God's full salvation. As each of the Gospels bring out a particular aspect or focus that you enumerated earlier of Christ in his full salvation, what's the focal point of Paul's Gospel? The focal point of Paul's Gospel is that Christ, as the Son of God, the Anointed One, who has become, as we mentioned, the life-giving spirit, even the all-inclusive wonderful spirit, has now entered into his believers 
to be their life today. Even right now, we all have to say, praise the Lord, Christ is my life. It's not a small thing while you're in your car listening to this broadcast or at home, even for us brothers here while we're doing this broadcast, to be enjoying the very Christ in this universe as our life. And he's not only our life now, today, but he's also our hope of glory. So he's our future. He's our now. He's our future. He's our everything. This one has come into us to make us the members of his body. So we are his increase, his enlargement, and we're members of him, and we're members one of another. That's the focal point of Paul's writings. The focal point is this wonderful one who is now in us, making us not only the individual members of the body of Christ, but corporately this one wonderful organism called the body of Christ. With the Gospel of Matthew, we see God's administration. But in the fifth Gospel, Paul's writings, we see the triune God himself. After going through a long process and consummating that process, as the wonderful, life-giving Spirit becoming life to all of his believers to make them members of the body of Christ. For example, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, it mentions that Christ, who is the triune God, is the Spirit of life. And he wants to make our entire being the same as him in life. He wants to make our spirit life our mindset on the spirit life, and even to give life to our mortal body so that we could be his match. We could be the same as him. We could be the members of him. We could be his body to express him. But if Christ, this wonderful Son of God, had not passed through this wonderful process of incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and being outpoured as the wonderful spirit to be imparted into all of us, He could only be life to himself. But today we have to say, hallelujah, our Christ is the processed and consummated triune God to be life and everything to all of us, his believers, to make us members of the body of Christ. We could experience him. We could enjoy him. We could be one with him. Even we could become him in life so that he could have a proper expression on this earth and in this universe. So isn't it precious? Isn't it precious that the focal point of Paul's emphasis is this wonderful person who's been processed and consummated and today is the life-giving spirit to be life to us and make us his body? Dick, you know, it's certainly possible just in the reading of the pages of the four Gospels to hear enough, to see enough, that we could become regenerated, born-again believers. And we have such verses as John 3.16, and how many people have received the Lord from verses like that. But to really enter into God's eternal purpose and the reason for our salvation and the reason for our existence, we really need this completing vision, don't we? We really do. Otherwise, you don't know why you're saved. Well, Dick, where did Paul get this revelation? He wasn't with the Lord in the flesh. He wasn't with the other apostles when they were in their training period, so to speak. That's going to be the focus of this last section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In chapter 6 of this book are the big items. Firstly, in the first verse of chapter 6 and the last verse of that chapter, you have the human spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. The human regenerated spirit 
is a big item of Paul's gospel. Then, number two, you have the law of Christ. That is the law of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of Christ. That is the law of Christ. Then thirdly, in chapter 6, the spirit. So, unto the spirit, you will reap of the eternal life. The spirit, the eternal life. Then you go on, the new creation. Altogether, 14 items, including two big things, the household of faith. In this universe, there is a big family, universal household, which is a family of faith. Not a family according to law, not a family of human works, not a family of human endeavor, but a family of faith. And this family of faith is the real Israel of God. Circumcision, no uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation. Just in this one chapter, you have altogether 14 big items. Most of these items you could not see in any other books. All these wonderful things. Marvelous. This is the Gospel of Paul. If Paul didn't receive all these things revealed to him through the Lord Jesus, how could he invent all these things? The writing itself testifies, confirms, proves that the writer is the apostle. The terminologies, the points revealed in this epistles are too great. Not according to man. Not received from man. Not taught by man. But received through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Dick, in Galatians 1.12, Paul stresses that the gospel he received did not come from man. Of course, we know that Paul didn't travel with the other apostles during the time that they were with Jesus in the flesh, and that he was saved by the Lord directly after the Lord's resurrection. So it seems that the Lord did something very unique in how he dealt with Paul, doesn't it? It does. And I don't know that there's much we can say, Chris. I'd like to read this verse 12 that you referred to, Chris. For neither did I receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation by Jesus Christ. This dear brother Paul received his revelation directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. We know at his conversion experience in Acts chapter 9 that when he met the Lord, he was blinded, he didn't eat, he didn't drink for three days, he didn't do anything except watch the heavenly television. Surely there was scene after scene of this marvelous Christ and of God's purpose unfolding to him. And so he was much constituted, no doubt, with what he saw there. There was a lot of revelation during those three days. He also got the light related to the body of Christ. When he was converted in Acts chapter 9, we see that he realized Christ was not only in the heavens, but Christ was also living in his believers on the earth. 
as his body. He's there in the heavens as the head over all things to the church, Ephesians 1, 23. But he's also in us as our life because he's the life-giving spirit to make us members of him as the body of Christ. But it's also clear from the word that he spent a good period of time in Arabia. And no doubt, much revelation came to him from the Lord during that period of time when he was away from everything and everyone and the Lord had his full attention. Thank you, Lord, for unveiling yourself so preciously and so directly to our brother Paul. And I'm so grateful that we're under the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee to really bring out the Apostle Paul's ministry. I'd like to thank Dick Taylor for joining us today. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.